Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Drop your shoulders, take a breath, tune in to how you feel, because it's time to stretch. Hello and welcome back to a new season of Stretchmarks podcast. My name is Sinead O'Moore and I created Stretchmarks to give us all an opportunity to acknowledge the parts of life that are stretching us in all directions. Not just the physical, but the mental, emotional, hormonal, professional, financial, identity, partnership, energetic stretches we all go through. Because there is no right or wrong. There is no picture perfect. There are just a series of stretches one after the other that leave their mark. This episode is sponsored by Carrywell, maternity wear that makes breastfeeding and pregnancy as comfortable as possible. Carrywell is the support we need with their maternity and nursing underwear, made specifically for our growing needs before, during and after pregnancy. Embrace the stretch of motherhood confidently with Carrywell and this podcast. Okay, this episode is a blend of the physical and the spiritual, the blend of the feminine body and the feminine rising, a story of endometriosis, IVF, fertility and faith, not in the religious sense, but in the kind of angelic sense. My guest Sinead Dehora is an angel healer, a Rahani teacher, an author and a facilitator of spiritual ceremonies, including those with couples who are on a fertility journey. But she is also a woman who herself battled endometriosis and IVF to conceive the baby she is now carrying. With so many lessons learned along the way, this conversation takes us to new places on this podcast, places some of us might not fully understand. But that's also what's so powerful about listening to human experiences and surrendering to all the things in this life that we do not know. Sinead, you are so very welcome, you and Bump, to this episode of Stretch Marks Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to see what wants to come out today. I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. You are quite intuitive. So I believe you when you say that, that really, you know, channeling messages is kind of what you do, um, whether that is your own or for others. So I really believe you when you say that, you know, what comes up today is kind of meant to. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. When, especially when I'm being interviewed or we're having a lovely conversation, I've already tapped in. I've already tuned in. And, you know, for those listening that may not know me or what I do, I've connected with spirit my whole life. I've seen angels since I was little tiny girl. I say four, my parents say younger. So this is normal. This is a normal way of talking for me. But everything that I will say will be based on me, whatever wants to come out intuitively and see where the conversation takes us today. You said at the beginning that you didn't want to be teacher today. You know, you're here just as you, a woman living this human experience here with us all that has navigated so much when it comes to your fertility and ultimately can now share a bit of a story of hope. That's exactly it. I think when I, I do a lot of work with so many women and couples that want to conceive and are on a fertility journey, and I have been on that journey myself for quite some time, that today talking to you, I'm not teacher Sinead. I'm just sharing my own personal experience. And I think that's so important to set at the get go, because I when I'm talking about my experience, it is my experience. And if that can spark a little bit of inspiration or hope, then that's my job well done. But I'm not teaching today. So I always say, take what you want to leave the rest. Take us back to the beginning of the story. Um, I have a little insight in that I know that it is based in London and it is you deciding that actually you want to kind of inquire a little bit more about your body and how it's kind of working and everything kind of fell apart. I remember it was in London. Yes, <laughs> it was in London. I remember I was going about my morning, my usual morning routine, getting ready for work. And like you do in autopilot at the time, I was about to take the contraceptive pill and I just heard this huge intuitive voice being like, don't do it. So I put it down, took the packet, threw it in the bin and never took it again. And that's when everything either you can say fell apart or fell into place, whatever way. It's kind of both really, if I'm being totally honest. It was in that moment that my cycle went haywire. I stopped having periods, didn't have one for two years. And I, my whole body changed. I was so fit. I was so healthy. I was size 10, working out, exercising, eating so well. And in four months, I went to a size 16. And it's not about the size, it's just this is how my body completely changed from just so much hormones and different things that were going on. And I was just in so much pain every single day and was getting worse so much so that I remember I had to crawl. There was one point I had to crawl from my bedroom to my bathroom. I couldn't stand and walk. And I was seeking so many different um, alternative and complementary medicine as well as, you know, Western medicine to try and see what was actually going on. And I just felt so much in limbo that no one was giving me an answer until I took control. And it was endometriosis and I did have to have surgery and I only kind of really got support because I got angry. I got my voice and I said something, someone needs to listen to me and this is what I need. Um, and I know making that very short, that's like a two or three year journey in that process. But yeah, it was very, very tough on my body, but it was my body starting to regulate itself and regulate its hormones after being on the pill for so long. Were you listened to when you start talking about these symptoms? No, I was um, I was treated for the symptoms and not the root cause. And I remember 
and it's so shocking to me now that I actually let this happen because it's so like I'm not one for taking medication you know I wouldn't even take paracetamol I'm like no I'll use my alternative like I do there's a of course I trust in western eastern medicine there has to be room for both of course there is but at the time like I just wouldn't take medicine I'd let my body heal I'd use alternative methods but I remember at the time they were subscribing me um high levels of painkillers and when I googled upon reflection the next stage was morphine that's how strong these painkillers were and I said why was I doing that I was just knowing the symptom and not actually treating the root cause and it was only when I remember um the doctor's surgery that I was registered at was literally five doors down from my apartment in London five doors down and I remember holding the wall struggling to get to that appointment and it was a new doctor and it was a man and I remember going in and uh, I'll pretend I'll make up a name for now. His name was his fake name is Joe. Right. <laughs> but I'll, I went in and I said, what's your name? And he said, Dr. Joe. And I remember looking him dead in the eye as bold as brass saying, Joe, this is my body. This is what I need from you. Please write this down and get me a referral. And he his response was, what do you do for a living? And I said, what I do for a living is completely irrelevant, but this is what I need from you today. And it was because I got that like fire in my belly, that power, I felt like I had to take control of my well-being and my health. And because of that, I feel like I really, I was heard for the first time. I was heard for the first time because I was like, enough is enough. I'm not being pawned off or ignored about my symptom or treating the symptom. I want to heal the root cause of this pain now. And that's when things started to turn for me. How wrong to have to get to that level? Oh, absolutely. But also it was very empowering. Okay. And it was a huge, huge lesson for me in, in, in myself as well. Being like, it's okay to have your voice. If your voice is so needed. And it's also really amazing for me now as I am pregnant I know that's we're skipping years and I mean years ahead but as I am pregnant it really and I actually have a story to tell about that as well but it really um goes to show that your intuition and your knowledge about your body is so much more than anybody else can ever interpret or understand and I know I am skipping ahead but I just want to share this story while it's on my top of my head we went for our 12-week appointment um, and we are registered with Hollis Street and we went for a 12 week um, appointment to have the Doppler to hear the heartbeat. And the nurse was using the Doppler and couldn't hear the heartbeat. And I said to her, you're putting it in the wrong spot. And she was like, no. And I was like, trust me, the baby's not where you have the Doppler. It's and I pointed and she was like, how do you know this? And I said, well, I'm highly intuitive. and I can feel the baby there. So anyway, she still couldn't feel it. So we had to have an emergency rush into Hollis Street to have a scan. And then I said to the nurse, this is where the baby is. She put the scan exactly where I said and baby was bouncing away, delighted with life. So <laughs> it just goes to show, I think at the time now upon reflection back with Dr. I can't remember the fake name I said, with the Dr. Joe, <laughs> I that gave me the power to trust in my body, trust in myself. And really that light bulb moment being like, no, you know your body better than anyone else, Sinead. Listen to this knowledge and inner wisdom. What was life like? for you on your endometriosis journey once you started to treat the problem not the symptom do you know what as you ask the question it's kind of a blur 
Um, once I had, I feel like I don't remember a lot till the surgery. I had to have surgery. It was Halloween. I remember going in for Halloween to have the procedure. Um, and I felt like that was a huge turning point where I was like, okay, I can finally have my life back. And it wasn't until I got my first kind of natural bleed, if you will, after, you know, having that process, you know, after having the surgery, my first natural bleed felt like, oh, I can breathe again. I felt like I was kind of holding my breath the whole time because I was in A, so much pain. B, I didn't feel like, and I don't even want to say it, but it's kind of, it is the truth. I, I didn't feel like I was in my feminine power or like having a feminine experience because I wasn't having a bleed every month. And once I started to do that, I really felt like I was coming back. I really felt like, okay, I'm starting to relax a little bit more. And it took years now. I didn't have a regular cycle for years after that. It was so sporadic. And it wasn't until 2020, yeah, 2020 that I started having a regular cycle again. So it took a long time. We're talking like this has been an eight year process, you know, it took a long, long time. And it was um, really in 2020. I remember it's actually coming up to the anniversary. February snow moon is my favorite moon of the whole year. <laughs> And um, we, it's a full moon, just in case anyone doesn't know. And I remember being down for a walk with my husband at the beach and I placed my hands on my womb and I just, give me a second. And it was so dark, the moon, beautiful and pink and bright in the sky. I just put my hands on my womb and I said, do what you've got to do. And I said, thank you. This moon felt so feminine, so powerful. And that night I went home and I bled, I had my period. And ever since then, it was like clockwork because I felt like I had to. My body needed me to let go of the control of my period coming. I needed to just let go and be like, you know what? Do what you've got to do. You guide me rather than my mind guiding it. Can I make a cheeky request and invite you for just this one tiny moment to enter into teacher mode? Because I know that there is a connection. I'm learning that there, there is a connection between our womb cycle, our fertility cycle and the moon cycle. And the fact that I'm almost mm -hmm. 40 and I'm only joining the dots when you're like, well, you know, the moon changes every single month. We have a full moon every month. We go from, you know, that that full moon all the way back down to the new moon and back up again. And I'm like, oh, my God, in a woman in a woman's body, we go from that ovulation cycle into into bleed back into ovulation cycle. And you're like, these two things create, well, like our cycle creates life and the moon maybe is kind of controlling the world a little bit more than we think. We are definitely synced up to the moon. Absolutely. We definitely do sync up. I'm actually, before I logged on, I'm in the middle of writing a newsletter all about the dark moon energy we're in right now and what it's teaching us. <laughs> so no, we definitely are in um, such a connection with the moon cycles. We um, I won't go into too much detail because this could be a whole podcast in itself, but we do um, tend to sync up through ovulation, maybe with the full moon and bleeding with the new moon. And way back when, back in the day, you know, collectively as women, and I'm sure we've all experienced it. If you work in a female environment or maybe with your, if you have sisters or your mom or whoever, you naturally will sync up your cycles and you probably will have your period at the same time, right? This is quite common. And back way back when there used to be like what was known as the red tent where a lot of women would come in under the new moon and bleed together. And that was a beautiful 
like a death or a winter, if you're talking a season, a winter process where you get to go inwards upon reflection. You go inwards to celebrate. You go inwards to reflect on what your intentions are, what you need, what you want to go. It was very nourishing and nurturing. And then as you come out of your bleed, out of the, the, the death process, the shedding, the letting go, you're going into spring and you start to get your life a little, you can start to get a bit of energy, you start to get a bit excited, you start to feel a little bit more like yourself and then you really bloom in summer, which is your ovulation and you really bloom and then sometimes it can be through the full moon and that full moon represents that celebration, like celebrating what you've achieved over the last month, like really honouring what you've achieved. And then, of course, we'll continue the cycle into autumn. And that's when usually we can feel a little bit wild in our hormones. We can feel a little bit maybe irritable, a little bit ratty. Um, we're in, we're, I know, right? <laughs> we can feel a little bit, uh, let's say, imbalanced. Mm-hmm. But then we're getting ready to go back into the shedding, the death process again. And that's our beautiful cycle that we go through every single month. As women, whether you bleed or not, by the way, you do go through those phases as women. And if you do sync up with the moon and how you feel, your energy levels, what excites you, when are you more creative? When do you need more rest? And just pay attention to where the moon phase is at as well. And you'll notice such similarities. So there's a little bit of teacher Sinead there. <laughs> and thank you for that, because I do think it is worth it is worth noting. And it, it it does, I suppose, give an extra layer to that story of how you were you know, they're under this moon connecting to your womb, which is, you know, a life force within us as women, you know, and sometimes hearing you speak about kind of the the positive experience of natural bleed for you, that was trying to get back to that as somebody who bleeds monthly, I like resent it and I don't value it and I don't kind of love it it's an experience that I kind of have to endure and I don't connect it enough actually back to what it is as such a primal experience and demonstration of my feminine power I'm going back to Sinead now not teacher Sinead but I remember on a fertility journey you know when all you want to do is conceive Every month when that bleed came, you'd I would mourn. I'd be in mourning. And then after I let myself mourn and cry and, you know, you know, be disappointed that she's here again, I'd go back into celebration and be like, thank you, because it's a beautiful sign that you're A, ovulating, B, that you're letting go and you're letting go and you're able to come into yourself. Like for me, I every time I got my period, like I said, after the morning of baby not being there I actually just go okay how can I honor myself and I would do something every single month for me whether that was having a nap on the sofa whether that was having a cup of cacao whether it was going for a walk on the beach I would listen to my body every single month and give it what it needed out of gratitude for it doing so much for me and usually um for me you know when I do when I did have my cycle um, it was a huge intuitive hit for me. I'd actually write and journal a lot because I'd actually want to just express how I'm feeling, what I've learned even over the past month, what I'd like going forward. It was a beautiful time of reflection. But I think sometimes, you know, as women, especially in today's society, 
we can like I'm blessed I work for myself and I can take a nap when I need to if I need to around my bleed but if you work a nine to five and you're in you know maybe you're working in a hospital or you're working in an office we haven't got the liberty to do that so I know that's really hard for a lot of women and we have to push ourselves which is why it can sometimes be a burden to have your bleed because you're like oh I don't have the energies not to be tired I don't have time not to be tired so I can understand why there's that kind of mixed emotion towards your period it can be a hindrance if you don't have the time like I know I'm quite privileged to be able to say I can actually listen and take a nap when I need to I know around my period I'll never book in one-to-one appointments because I won't have the energy for it and I know that's quite privileged but back when I used to work in corporate nine to five or you know working in that environment it was a struggle and yes it was a pain in the bum having your period when you have to be busy you say privileged but I feel like it's just another example of how the world is set up for people to have hormones that don't fluctuate also known as men and that the workplace is still set up entirely around the kind of the the homogenous every single day feeling the same and of course like of course energy levels fluctuate for all genders but it isn't set up to kind of honor okay for the next couple of days you're going through something incredibly physically draining literally Mm -hmm. and therefore honor your needs right now and then come back stronger it's like each month we just kind of get depleted by the need to have to mask it I also, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think we have been programmed to mask it and not say it or be ashamed of even saying period. Like I remember when I was a teenager, if I had to buy a tampon or a pad in the shop, I'd hide it in my basket or I'd hide it under things where like that was just kind of programmed to be shamed about it. Where now it it doesn't, like correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, maybe in my world and, you know, with my clients and friends, it doesn't feel like that. It's more we're honoring it and we're voicing, you know what? I'm actually not, I'm feeling highly emotional today. I'm I'm on my bleed or I'm in my, my hormones are maybe imbalanced. So we have to, as women, just not mask it anymore. Revolution, if you will, is coming. The feminine rising is happening. We hear that quite a lot. And that's the feminine within us is that compassion, that love, that celebration and honor for what our bodies go through every single week, every single month. Your personal experience was still looking at it as an identifier to is my body beginning to regulate in a way that would hopefully create life yes when your cycle started under that new moon full moon, full moon. When your cycle did continue or return when and how did your fertility journey evolve did you feel in that moment okay great oh my gosh here we go and then- no, not in the slightest. <laughs> it was a long, I knew there was a long road ahead. I And unfortunately, and I tried to shift that, but I just felt I had a lot. I personally had a lot of lessons I needed to uncover and I had a lot of unlearning I needed to do and relearning about myself, my body, spirit um, and the delicacy of calling a life from another vibration of the realm if you will into our body to birth it into this world I felt like I had a lot to learn and it felt I the only way I can describe it I felt like I was in the void and I talk about the void quite a lot and the void can be both or it can be all of 
you know, beautiful, exciting, because you don't know what's coming. It can feel terrifying and because you're out of control, you can't control the outcome. And it can feel like you're in, you're numb. And I'm, and that, that was kind of my real um, feeling for a lot of it was a numbness. And I felt like, I kind of, I always split my, my married name is Sinead Healy. My work name, my maiden name is Sinead Dehora. And I say the only kind of break I got from that numbness was my work, my Sinead Dehora, because I was able to channel and connect. But Sinead Healy struggled. Sinead Healy really went through a dark shadow energy, a darkness where, you know, I was questioning, like, I've seen angels my whole life. Why the hell is this not working for me? I've connected with spirit. My faith is the strongest I know out of a lot of people. What the hell do you want from me? And that's kind of what I had to really, really work through on a personal level. And like I said, the only break I got from that was being able to channel and really connect with the love. And that's when I had moments of, oh, okay, I don't need to control this. It's happening for me. But what I really struggled with was, you know, like I said before, I work with a lot of women and couples who you know, have been on a fertility journey themselves and they come to me. It is so hard to have to like separate the Sinead Dehora and Sinead Healy to celebrate and honor this amazing gift that this woman wants and her dreams are being fulfilled when I'm sitting there having my period again, again, again. Like every time I connect, I'd receive different insights from different angels or my guides. And I had to really work layer by layer by layer to get my energy to a certain frequency in order to conceive our beautiful baby um and yeah there was a lot of a lot of uh fear releasing I had to go through because we didn't conceive um naturally if you will the way we had hoped we did go down the medical route and that I had to do a lot of um unlearning for myself to accept that support and that help because I think that was the most shocking part of all is that we needed the support and help that I, Sinead Dehora, who's connected with angels my whole life, needed medical assistance. And that's why I said at the very start that we need Western and Eastern medicine and together, it's amazing. So tell me, take me up to the point where you then begin to accept that when you now feel I have taken my body as far as I can possibly take it within the controls of me and myself. And I need no more than when you were in your endometriosis journey. You needed that surgery to get to the next stage. How did it feel to then decide we need to explore getting that medical support? We we said that it was, I'm trying to think of year, what year are we now? 2024. So we said that by April 2023, if it hasn't happened naturally, we're going to start seeking support. But just to kind of come back a little bit, we had, you know, went down and had some tests to make sure everything was okay. Everything was fine. You know, where it was just unexplained infertility, right? Which is both absolutely incredible. But, you know, at the time it was like, just give me something that I can work on, you know? So it was both blessing and the frustration. But then I went to Malta and I held a retreat in Malta. I was there for 10 days. And that, oh my God. It, it was phenomenal. It sensational. Oh, do you know what? The women were so beautiful. And um, not only that, like when I hold space, whether it's in a one-on-one, whether it's a group setting or a retreat, I'm, I'm receiving a lot. You know, I'm also getting healed at the same time. So on that retreat, um, I didn't realize how 
much like one of my main guides I call her the queen of angels or some people know her as Mary or a lady I just say the queen of angels okay and she's one of my main 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 guides and she was everywhere around where the hotel was couldn't believe it and I just felt on that retreat it was so divine divinely feminine led it was so all about intuitions all about learning to receive and I remember coming home from that retreat and Sean was in the office working and I walked in and I said I'm ready now and he's ready for a while. And I said, I'm ready to be a mum now. And that was only in May 2023. And we had been on this journey for a long, long, long time, right? And he said, you haven't been ready before now? I said, no, because I wasn't. I know, but energetically, I wasn't because I was still busy. I was rushing. Now, again, I'm really talking about my journey now. This is very much about me. I'm not teaching anymore. But I was very much beforehand rushing, creating, and I remember intuitively I was sitting in my garden a few a year before that and I heard I was ch- checking in with my spirit baby and they said to me, you need to make more time for me. And it was only when I came back from May in May from the retreat, I went, I'm going to clear out the rest of the year and do only what I want to do, not what I need to do, only what I can do that lights me up and raises my vibration. And I then felt I was ready to do that. So we kind of, we signed up then to have um, fertility support with the Marian Fertility Clinic. But then amongst all of this, um, there was a new scheme coming out from the government saying that we're going to offer first time support for IVF or, you know, IUIs or, or ICSI, whatever, for anyone that's going through this for the first time. So we had dates booked in for the Marian. I just said, Sean, let's, we'll cancel it and we'll go down this, use, you know, work with the government scheme, right? And we'll just go about our leisure. So we cancelled our IVF cycle and that I can't remember when that was for it was for September or whatever and uh, we had a meeting then with the new consultant and the report was that we need to go down three rounds of IUI first before we could go IVF and in that moment and prior in that moment something just clicked inside me and went nope back we're going straight to IVF nope absolutely not and it was just hell no for me and intuitively, that's the kick I needed. But because beforehand, I really resented having to go down fertility support. I didn't want to do it. I dreaded it. I didn't want to put my body through all this meds and drugs. Like I said earlier on, I never, I wouldn't even take a paracetamol, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my medicine, at the, I would classify aromatherapy as medicine. So I... Fast to IVF. Absolutely. And then it was that click I needed. So we left, had a little chat and phoned Marion straight away. And they were like, we're fully booked now until February 2024. And I was like, okay, something will cancel. You please put me on the cancellation list. The next day we got a phone call being like, it's good to go. We've got space for you. And here I am now, 16 weeks pregnant. So first time. Yes. It worked. How did it feel for you and your body in that process of IVF? Because I've spoken to Claire Walsh around it. And I think it's important to share all experiences how did your body react to the process of IVF? I treated it like a ceremony because I didn't want to treat it like I was taking drugs. I treated it. So the first pill that we had, I had to take before the injections, I remember holding it in my hand. I've got a picture and video of everything. I have a picture of it in my hand and I put my put it in the palm of my two hands and I set an intention. I said a little prayer I created it at like a ceremony. I lit some candles and I said, thank you so much for being my superpower. So I treated the whole medical process like it was helping my body to be the strongest it can be 
And I didn't treat it like a drug or medicine. I wanted to change the narrative for my mind because that's what worked with me. To be like, this is just going to help my body get stronger to hold the space for my baby. So every time, you know, and I would make sure that Sean and I would do the injections together, that we both felt really connected and both felt like we're on this beautiful journey together that we actually made it fun. Like we used to dance around before we'd, we'd pop the little needle in, <laughs> you know, we'd laugh. It would be funny. You know, I never, I really am shocked that I didn't get emotional. Of course I had doubts. Of course I had fears. However, what I learned was my faith was much stronger than my fear. And I, I just knew in my heart and soul, I knew with every single cell of my body that this was going to bring us our baby. I want to thank Carrywell for recognising how important support is to mothers and for providing that support in all shapes and sizes, even podcasts. Their pregnancy and postpartum range is all about comfort, functionality and support. It's not just about clothing. It's like this ongoing experience of well-being that sticks with you from pregnancy all the way through nursing. What is even more impressive is their commitment to the environment. Carrywell has taken significant strides to increase their eco-credentials by incorporating recycled materials into their collection. So not only are you empowered when expecting feeding and reclaiming your body, but you're also contributing to a more sustainable and eco-friendly approach to motherhood. Embrace the stretch of motherhood confidently with Carrywell, available to buy now on cleverclogs.ie or check out your nearest stockist. How did it feel when that pregnancy test was positive? Oh my God, I might cry. <laughs> um, we didn't actually do a pregnancy test. We, um, sorry, Woo. we didn't actually do a pregnancy test. We went, we waited to have our bloods done with the clinic. That was a shock in itself. We went up on, um, it was a Friday morning and we, our appointment was half eight in the morning. So we had to leave quite early to get the traffic. We live in Wicklow. And um, we were there anyway, got our bloods done. And we, like I don't know innocently if you will a bit of naivety sat there we're like okay we're gonna wait now for half an hour we'll have the results they're like okay go home we'll phone you between 12 and 3 and we were like what Mm -hmm. to wait all that time we went home and oh god it was the longest day of our lives at one point I was crawling on the floor and I was like what are you doing I "I actually don't know but I can't get up we were so anxious the whole day but I knew in my heart and so like I said I knew I was pregnant and I knew I was I could feel implantation happening I couldn't, the smell, smell, oh my Lord, any smell, I was so sensitive. I knew we were going to get a positive result, but we still needed to hear it. And then it was five to three, five to three, like Jesus, five to three, we got the call. And yeah, it was just, I, I'll never be able to put into the words after all this time, eight years of healing my body, eight years, an eight year cycle. This year is all about the number eight of abundance. And we finally heard the news. Congratulations. And yeah, I'm trying to try not to cry. It was just a dream come true. Finally, finally to hear those words after all the mourning and heartache and pain that we were going through every single month. It was just amazing. You're 16 weeks now. Yes, 16 weeks and blooming. Huge bump, but I love it. how are you feeling in terms of kind of processing that it's 
okay, it's, you know, you're past that 12 week mark. You're maybe growing a little bit in confidence, growing in body, stretching into this new version of yourself, this new future mother you, while still doing your work, while still supporting so many women and families who are trying to get the news that you got. I am navigating it very much from, I can feel like there's a real strong, powerful mother energy coming through me. I'm really shifted archetype, if you will. I really shifted that vibration. And for the first time in my life, and I really mean this for the first time in my life, I am not chasing anything. I'm just attracting. I don't feel like I have to push. I'm just in a like really in receptive mode. And there's a beautiful symbol. I have it actually here beside me. Sorry. There's a beautiful symbol of the divine feminine symbol. And it's a beautiful one, a gorgeous belly. And she's got a circle of life in the center of her, of her womb. And her arms are up in the air. And this symbol represents we don't need to chase, we attract. We don't need to do anything we receive. And I finally understand what that means. And it took a long time of learning what that word and it's still still learning what surrender actually means and it's both grates on me like nails on a chalkboard but it's also the most beautiful thing to finally go you know what I I don't need to ask the questions I just need to let go and trust that my body and my energy can do and I had a lot of support I had a lot of aha moments throughout the fertility journey with my angels and what they were saying to me and I remember one actually is coming in so strong as I'm talking to you. Um, it was one of the most profound experiences, actually. I sat on the floor and I just felt so helpless, um, so helpless and didn't know what to do. And I could see Archangel Gabriel come in or Gabrielle, whatever you like to say, Archangel Gabriel come in and they stood in front of me and they said, Sinead, the frequency of the baby that you're going to bring in the quote unquote, that you're going to bring in is so high, but your energy is not matching it now. Sinead, you have to do the work to get your energy to the level that it can hold the frequency that wants to come in. And I kind of remember sitting there dumbfounded. And I really want to kind of uh, remind, you know, those listening that this is my story. This is not for everyone. This is not a teaching moment. This is just what I needed to do is I needed to really work on being the best that I could. And I remember that was in June of 2023. And I was like, okay, I need to change my energy here. And I made a commitment to myself to be the healthiest, physically, emotionally, mentally that I could be. I was exercising, but doing things I love to do, like a boxy workout or yoga, running, walking. I was eating so well. I lost 11 kilos in like nothing. But no, I wasn't trying. It wasn't about weight for me. I just wanted to be the healthiest I could be. I was meditating. I was saying no to things or events or family things I just didn't want to go to. Again, I, I just didn't people please. I stopped doing that. I really was like, I need to put myself, my health, my body as a top priority. And I felt like that was me really becoming that kind of mother energy, being like, I need to be in receiving the highest vibration I could be and that was a huge shift huge shift for me on my fertility journey and another thing that I'd love to share actually um it's coming in real strong is that I remember when I was really getting into real health and fitness and loving just nourishing myself I 
said to, I was talking to my spirit baby and I said, look, give me a sign of a squirrel. That's it. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why I asked for that. I still don't know why. Didn't tell anybody but my husband, Sean. And I said, Sean, I've asked for this. He said, why a squirrel? I said, who knows? I don't know where it came from, but I've asked for this. We didn't tell a sinner. Weeks went by, didn't receive a sign from a squirrel. And we were like, oh God, this isn't good. This isn't good. Because obviously I receive signs all the time. But anyway, we're sitting on the sofa one night. Um, it was, we're just about to go to bed. And my brother lives in Canada with his girlfriend. And he texts me two pictures. No words, by the way, just two pictures. And there were two pictures of a squirrel. I opened my phone, gasped, burst into tears and turned my phone to Sean. And he was like, who the hell sent you that? <laughs> I said, Liam is after texting me two pictures of a squirrel. And we were both flabbergasted. So I texted him, I was like, what is this? And he was like, I just thought they were cute. I was having lunch in the park and I knew you'd like them. They were sitting beside me. Oh my God, that was the biggest like relief it's kind of when I went okay I can relax now and I remember um going up for one of my appointments I had started the injections and I needed to go you know you're if anyone's on a fertility journey and they're going down fertility support you know you're kind of on call with whoever you're getting that support with just to make we're timing everything you know you're making sure the medicine is working and I had to go for an appointment to make sure that the injections were helping my eggs to grow right we wanted to make sure they were viable and I had to get blood tests done as well. And she was like, look, it, it, I don't think we're going to go ahead with this cycle, but I'll let you know when we get the results in in a few hours. So I drove home completely just, oh, I cried the whole way home in the car. And I got to um my exit off the motorway to come into where I live. And there's no one behind me, no one in front of me. And you know the way a squirrel normally scurries? They're really quick, they scurry. A squirrel came out onto the this slip road but just stopped in front of my car I end up stopping on a slip road and I can't believe I'm admitting that on the podcast but anyway <laughs> I stopped on the slip road and burst into tears and I was like okay Sinead what more do you need and I knew that I'd get a call saying we're going ahead with this cycle and an hour later I got that call saying nope we're good to go we're good to go so yeah they were just a tiny fraction of the most miracle little occurrences that happen throughout our fertility support to know that we are supported by spirit, to know that I'm, Sean and I and our baby were supported by, you know, something bigger than us that we just may not understand. But I, my faith was stronger than my fear. Now, I know there will be some people listening to this that may have a cynical hat on and totally fine would have been one of those people trust me and I challenge myself sometimes even listening to to my own intuition and my own looking for signs and 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 seeking answers and wondering what the heck is this world about and what I want to say is that I also host a podcast called Gold Ribbon Conversations which talks to families that are fighting childhood cancer and when they tell me about signs when parents tell me about the song that they want to hear and it comes on the radio or the rainbow that they seek on the way home from the funeral or the white feather or the robin, I believe them when they tell me. And I don't know, is it because I feel like they have been dragged to the edges the real edges of what being human means and that that I suppose space between 
us here and their babies that have gone. And the it's like I believe the bond. If your child was here and has left, I believe that bond still exists. And I believe the signs that they tell me were real. And I trust them. I trust them implicitly. I don't sit there with a cynical hat on and say, God, did you hear that? They think that that rainbow is that child. I don't. I listen and I hear that and I say, yes, it was that child. Yes. I feel it. I feel it from them and I just believe it and I trust it. And talking to you today has made me actually flip that and say, well, if the bond exists when the child is here, but the child is gone, can I actually also believe that maybe the bond is there before the child is here? Of course it is. But the bond is there before and after. And I, as you, you know, you connect with these amazing people that share their story of, you know, their loved ones and children passing. There's so much love there. And that love is everlasting. That love is a continuum. It's not just in this physical reality. It's forevermore. And that love is a beautiful cycle. And the cycle, again, that love for the children that we're calling in, that my child, I I, I can't get over how much I love them. I've never even met them in reality here, in this reality. But I know I love them so much. And that's why I trust in their signs so much um, and the support that they've shown us, you know, their mum and dad, to know that we can actually trust in them that they want to come to. It's a very hard process. It's something that I, I only touched the fringes upon when I was waiting for my second baby um, who took infinitely longer than my first and but in the grand scheme not long at all but yet I know that weight and I know that disappointment and I know that mental game and I also remember a night I had just come out of acupuncture I'd felt I'd been doing acupuncture for a few months and the previous time I was there those I don't know some Something happened where I just ended up crying for like a month. Um, but then after that, I remember leaving and I was by the coast. It was in Clontarf and I was looking up at the sky and I just like, I know you're there. I know you're there. Come down. <laughs> like, we're ready. And I'm not saying yes. that that's what did it. Because I know so many other women that have done that and a baby didn't arrive so how do you reconcile how for some we can go through this kind of body and physical emotional and spiritual connection this this kind of cauldron of mixing you know IVF medicine with just spiritual faith and with emotional well-being and setting boundaries and saying no and prioritizing yourself and minding your own energy and doing doing what it is that we want to create this life that we hope so dearly for and for some to and, and I'm asking I suppose from your teacher perspective and the people that you support how do you help them reconcile if it doesn't happen or if it hasn't happened yet or if it hasn't happened yet. So I I love that story where you shared where you're on the beach where you're waiting for your second. And I actually had a similar experience. I went down to Britis and I 
went at a time where I was literally the only person on the beach and I let I don't know where it came from but I let a roar and I wailed like I screamed and I was on my knees screaming 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 and I came off the beach and I was like what the hell just happened there and as I was driving home I was like oh my god that was a mother's call I felt like I was calling my baby and I was like get here now like this it was like I don't know where you are I can feel you and I feel like I'm already a mother without a baby in their arms and in my arms and it's the only way sorry I get emotional but it's the only way I could describe that I felt like I was already a mother but they just my baby wasn't there and I missed them I was like where the hell are you I miss you it's like I lost my baby and I hadn't even met them yet and um sorry but I think there's no words that I could ever say as myself here today or as a teacher to to help or support you know anyone going through because it's so hard and so different for every single person but what I do want to say and I really mean this from the bottom of my heart and I've said this on social media I've said it on so many occasions I just think we as women and as parents that you know yearn for their baby and are you know going through a journey where you have to be bloody patient I hate that word where you have to be that's what we're experiencing I think you're superheroes and I really mean that because this is one of the toughest things I've ever been through in my life and I would never like to go through it again and um, and there was nothing anybody could say to me to support me and actually everything that someone said to me was a trigger to be perfectly honest and um, you know when people used to say oh sure you're you're so intuitive have faith it will happen don't say it will happen to me that was the worst thing you could say to me so I think there's nothing that I can say to someone going through that only that I think you're bloody amazing and I think I really really mean that that you're super you really are incredible and you're so much stronger than you realize even at the depths of heartache the depths of mourning you're so strong and my wish for you is that your dreams come true and I hope that anything that I've said today that we've spoken about like if that can inspire or give a sense of hope then I just really hope our words today can just give a little hug if that's the only thing that I can say but there's nothing out after been going through this that I could say generically to support another it's too hard because it's so different for every single person. I think if I'm to take anything from this, not only is it just, I suppose, to have that glimmer of of intu- intuition inside and to tune into her and listen to her, but also that surrender doesn't mean doing nothing. Like you didn't surrender, although you say you did, but you got angry at Dr. Joe <laughs> and you demanded that action was taken to help your body you know be treated for endometriosis you fought for that that wasn't surrender that you know you made the decision that you were ready for IVF treatment when, and, and taking your your choices from I don't take paracetamol to I'm going to put this level of kind of chemical hormone into my body that's not surrender but yet it is you, you surrendered the part of you that was blocking it and saying, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. That's not me. I can do it this way. You surrendered that ego maybe inside that was fighting Mm -hmm. the support and the help that was on the other side. Or you surrendered the part of yourself in London that was just being the good patient, the good girl. And and not shouting for yourself. So surrender can mean lots of different things. 
Surrender doesn't mean lie down and do nothing and hope. Surrender can mean cut out the bullshit and just take take the right action, take the intuitively strong. What action is your is your body screaming you to take and take it instead? I absolutely love that. And you're so right. And actually, I, I think I've got to share this with you before, but I wrote something, I've written something the other day and it was titled How to Surrender. And I really want to share it because what you just said is hit the nail on the head. It was my ego and the control that I surrendered. And um, if I can find it, because I do have something up in front of me here now, but if I can find it, I'll definitely share it with you. Oh, here it is. Can I read this out to you? I just think it just hits the nail on the head because I didn't, I definitely took action. And as you said, you know, we made a conscious choice of what's best for our situation and our life and our journey. And we, when I say I surrendered, I really felt my faith in, no, I trust that this is going to happen. And that to me was surrendering. But I wrote something the other day and it's all about surrender, if you will. Okay. So it reads like this. I'm just going to move something out of the way so I can actually see it. Okay. How can I have patience when my heart knows what it wants? How can I have patience when I waited for so long already? How can I have patience when I have tried everything and anything to make it happen? Or is that the deal? You stop trying and you surrender. But what does that even mean to surrender? If my heart knows what it wants and the universe and angels know what I want, then surely it will happen if we work in harmony together. What is harmony? I know it's not the feeling of helplessness. It's not the feeling of disappointment, frustration or heartache. It's love and complete trust that it will happen. But how do you hold on to that feeling of hope when you're constantly let down by circumstances? Wait. All of these questions don't feel very harmonious. They scream lack of trust. Oh, maybe I haven't fully learned how to trust yet. How, 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 when, when, when? What if I just did what I could today for today and repeat that every day for that day? I wonder if that's the way to truly surrender just for today. I'll try it now. I will. For today, I'm just going to do what I can. Thank you. Thank you for writing that, for channeling that through, for sharing it. Thank you for showing us that you can have deep faith and also walk into that clinic. Thank you for acknowledging that there are many ways to support people as they're going through fertility journeys, any journey, a grief journey, you know, a, a, a breakdown journey, a relationship journey. There are many ways to support ourselves. And I think one of the greatest things that we need to do that we often forget to do is to start listening and asking ourselves, what do we need? What do we need? Instead of asking the world, what should I do? You yeah. do that so wonderfully. And you remind me of it every single time I come across your content. Um, I know this will challenge some people's beliefs. Uh, but you know what? That's no bad thing either. You know, and as I said, I would have had a cynical hat on me until I started doing that. That Well, no, I had a cynical hat on me until I became a mother. And then I began to trust what my body was here to do without reason, without rationale, without understanding, without how am I growing a spleen today? I don't know, but my body is doing it. So what more yeah. can it do that I don't know? What more can it do if I stop doubting it? What yes. more am I capable of, but I just haven't tried yet? And and then the signs, the rainbows, the robins, the white feathers, the songs on the radio. I see them now. 
And I believe them because of the people that I've connected with on that other podcast. And therefore, I believe it when everybody else now tells me in their everyday. Not everyone's going to believe it. And that's okay too. That's okay. I think when you can, when you connect with that energy and it feels so hopeful and it feels so filled with love, you can't deny love. You can't deny that feeling of love. And that's why you get such a comfort from signs or feelings. And I think if, you know, I always say, and I said it already today, take what you want and leave the rest from today. If everything we say today doesn't resonate, then good, challenge it, challenge everything we say. That's how, you know, I live my life. I'm a, I'm a how person, why person, tell me more person. Challenge everything you hear and listen to your own intuition. Your inner knowledge is so much stronger than anyone else's. I'll never be able to tell you anything about your life that you don't already know. And a healer should never do that. When people come for one and ones with me, they're like, oh, I thought that. I'm like, of course you did. I'm a mirror for you. Because a healer should, again, should never tell you something you don't already know. But what we need to do is start, as you said, relying on your own intuition, your own energy, your own body. Do your research yourself and listen within. Take what you want and leave the rest and trust in that love. Love yourself enough to know that you're worthy of whatever it is your heart wants and more. Wishing you so much love on the rest of your journey. And I'll be following intently to see when that good news arrives. Thank you so much. Thank you for today, Sinead. If you are interested in learning more about Sinead's work or her pregnancy journey, you can find her on Instagram at Sinead Dehora. If you loved this conversation, I'd love you to help this podcast to grow. So give it a little like or a review or subscribe or share it in your WhatsApps or on your stories. It really does make a huge difference. I'll keep making them if you keep listening. Talk to you again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.